Hello and welcome to the Lib Dem podcast and another episode in our virtual conference series. And we are delighted now to uh, have one of the biggest uh, organisations within the Liberal Democrats, and that is the Green Liberal Democrats and their chair, Keith Melton. How are you doing, Keith? Thank you very much for coming on the podcast. I'm doing very well, thank you. And apart from the problems of lockdown, actually enjoying a very nice spring in my garden. So I am quite lucky to have a garden to go into. Yes, I, I think I think uh, Richard Kemp said in one of our other podcasts that he was thinking about having a best uh, best garden competition for his uh, his ward because so many people have done taken this opportunity to really do up their gardens. But I mean, the the purpose of this podcast, along with all the other virtual uh, conference podcasts, is for you to hear about and see what some of the brilliant organizations do within our party do go check out all of the previous episodes because they're all on there via your podcast feed some of them are also done on uh, the youtube channel on our facebook page so do go check them out it all helps them out and i think the first point keith for this is for you to tell us um about the green lib dems what is their purpose why are you set up it's one of the unusual ones because obviously there is a, a green party rival to the lib dems so yours is even more interesting so why don't you tell us a little bit about the green lib dems we were set up originally when the party was established and we were the follow-on group to what was the liberal ecology group uh when we were part of the liberal party um, and essentially the Green Liberal Democrats act as the environmental conscience of the Liberal Democrats. Um, we have acted quite often in respect of trying to make more environmentally sound the policy, so we act internally, but we also <clears throat> communicate outside the party with other organisations. We communicate by setting up uh, environmental events and so on uh, over the years, and we do. Uh, try to make sure that the party is as environmentally sound as possible. And it, it's it's an interesting case because I think I think everyone would agree that over the last general elections, the subsequent general elections, green issues have become more and more prevalent. If you look at those lists of what people want to talk about, what their most important factors in their vote green issues have been going higher and higher and higher and higher. And in 2019, they were as high as they've ever been, usually in the top three, actually, environmental issues and climate change. And so do you think it's vital now your role with uh, keeping that core within the Liberal Democrats? Absolutely. Uh, we, we have always tried to ensure, as I say, that the policy uh, is environmentally sound. And we, the Liberal Democrats, and indeed, indeed the Liberals before them, uh, we're very good at uh, tackling environmental issues. What we have been less good at as a party is making sure that those issues appear, as you say, in the top three issues in general elections. There's been an assumption that the Liberal Democrats uh, have been environmentally uh, good with their policies, but we haven't always sold those policies at the top of our manifestos. And this is one of the things that we've been well, we've been chuntering on about for years. In fact, in the last general election, the manifesto was probably the best manifesto we have seen from an environmental point of view. Unfortunately, circumstances meant that the the, the green aspects didn't really get sold as well as, as we would have hoped. And so, well, there's two parts to the next question then. So do you think it's 
a messaging problem within the the party or a a lack of messaging that how the importance of the green issues are or are there other policies you'd like us to be more forthright with do you think there's i mean i do remember that i think greenpeace were assessing all the main parties and i think they had it on a scale of one to a hundred and we were just one point behind the green party or something like that um so yeah in some in some uh, analyses we've actually taken the lead in terms of environmental policy um I'm, I'm not I'm not wanting to say that we are uh, always at the top of the list and there are things that we could always do better but I, I do think that the policy base for us from an environmental point of view is extremely good extremely high the problem is the um, head, headquarters approach perhaps of the party has not taken that aspect as being one that we need to sell and my feeling is, and the feeling of all the Green Liberal Democrats, is that we need to sell that much more to the outside world um, to make them realise how green our policies are. That's that's a communication problem that you identified a minute ago. Do you think it's, a, it's an area of difference between us and the Conservatives and Labour? Are green credentials, or do you think that? I mean, they've David Cameron flirted with it, with you know, with his husky rides and whatever else, but then they quickly abolished the Green Investment Bank as soon as the Lib Dems were out of the way. You've Is this probably, now? You've probably heard the expression greenwash. Um, yeah. I, anything the Conservatives do is greenwash. They 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 talk. Uh, they sometimes talk a good talk, but their policies are um, absolutely opposed to. The, the sort of things that they need to be doing to make environmentally sound um, decisions in government. And it's, it's, it's interesting right now because we're, we're obviously we're in lockdown at the moment, coronavirus has hit, um, and there's a lot of talk of uh, what happens next, you know. And we had Vera Hobhouse on the podcast who talked about the recovery must be a green recovery. Absolutely. However, so, yes. the, the pressure to have any sort of recovery um does that is that going to be a a struggle to make sure that we don't forget actually so it isn't just a greenwash as you've just said we actually want a proper fundamental change in how we live our lives within britain Uh, that's absolutely right we do need to change uh, pretty fundamentally Uh, there's a whole host of things and no doubt we can get into some of those as we go through um, but the, the recovery itself may well pose problems, not least because of the nature of, of the coronavirus. Uh, I mean, the, the, the obvious thing to say is that because of the difficulties of the infection rate, then people are not wanting to travel on public transport mm-hmm. and therefore using their cars, which is going in the wrong direction as far as the environment is concerned. Um, I did see a piece of research that I think the AA have done in the last week or so, or at least reported in the last week or so, that the drivers that they have interviewed have given a pretty good indication that they they do want to carry on changing their habits to some extent and that many of them will walk to work or cycle to work uh, and probably not take so many long car journeys and not take so many... Uh, air journeys so that's that's good in itself uh, one of the things that we have seen because of the economic lockdown is the absolutely dramatic effect it's had on air condition uh, the air pollution has, has gone down uh, I 
was sitting here uh, a week or so ago and talking to somebody, I think it was on Zoom, happened to look out of the window and, and there, was a, there was a contrail. And it was such a surprise to me. Oh, there's an airplane. I mean, the, the number of planes passing over has gone down remarkably. And clearly that's making a difference to the, the atmosphere and the, the clarity of air pollution. So what are the, the key aspects of kind of Lib Dem policy that have been adopted, obviously, from a green point of view, that you think we should be selling the most? The biggest uh, issue that faces us is, is the issue of climate change. Uh, global warming or global heating uh, is going to cause an existential problem. Somebody recently called it uh, a pandemic in slow motion. But in fact, it is, it is hitting us very quickly. We do need to make changes now. There's been a lot of discussion about when we should get to net zero carbon emissions. Uh, but in fact, the bigger issue for us is how soon we start to cut back. It isn't a question of having an end date, really, that's the problem. It's the fact that we need to cut back dramatically and we need to cut back dramatically now. Um, the, the clarity of the air that we were just talking about in terms of the, the economic lockdown uh, has demonstrated that things can change fairly quickly, but they need not only to change quickly, they need to change dramatically and permanently in terms of fossil fuel use, uh, otherwise we are in serious danger. And the Liberal Democrats actually have extremely good environmental policies on that in that regard and we know we have costed out the processes that need to be changed and the fact that we can do it and we can do it within a time frame uh, yes it's important that we have an eventual car net zero carbon output in fact we probably need to go to negative uh, carbon in in terms of uh, offsetting and so on but uh, we need to make the start now and um, we need to identify those areas that are most damaging and act on those most quickly. And it's interesting when you think of like where Britain needs to be like in terms of net neutral or, or even carbon negative, uh, uh, it's not a lot of time before we've got to get working. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Lancashire County Councillor and the County Council is considering a new kind of waste disposal contract with an incinerator company which would take us up to 2050. Yeah. You know, they, don't, they don't call it incineration anymore. They call it energy from waste and things like that. But actually, if that's going to happen, we can't have a contract that is going to make sure that areas like mine are pumping in vast amounts of rubbish into these areas and not thinking of recycling targets and other things as their top priority. Yeah, one, of the, one of the problems with just taking incineration, um, in the short term, it is probably quite good to use waste to make energy by incineration. The problem is the investment to create the incinerator means that after you've started to use it, you then have to feed the darn thing. Yep. Uh, so people are then burning stuff that could actually be recycled more effectively. So That's, that's um, right. And, and that's, councils that's an become... And councils then become locked into a contract of supplying yeah. X amount of tonnage of waste, yeah. which actually, when actually they should be actually thinking, well, we need to be hitting our, getting far better recycling targets instead. Um, but 
I want to kind of let you talk about, because one of the things we, this is called the virtual conference series, and uh, your conference is coming up in the not too distant future. Uh, and, it, and it is going to be obviously be an online conference as the new federal conference will be, which was going to be in Brighton. So why don't you talk a little bit about your conference and what people can expect? Well, we, we were, we have had uh, annual conferences in the summertime uh, over the last couple of years and uh, previous to that as well. Um, and we were going to have an actual conference on the 20th of June. Clearly that's had to be cancelled. Uh, we all know why. Uh, but we decided to make uh, our virtual conference a little bit more ambitious. Uh, and we are now presenting two weeks uh, of, if you like, a festival of green events from the 20th of June, which was our original date for the conference, through to the 5th of July. Um, and what we want to do with that is to get members of the party to engage with us in terms of thinking about environmental policies, uh, discussing the environmental policies we've got, and talking about the way that we emerge from the pandemic lockdown in, in ways that will help the world rather than hinder, uh, hinder the environmental uh, issues that we face. So we've got a whole range of different things uh, planned, very flexible at the moment, and we will be launching this weekend the uh, ability to sign on to the um, conference and series of events. So I hope as many people as possible will take that up as, a, as something that they would like to do during this uh, forthcoming period. And to do that, do you have to be a member of the Green Lib Dems to be able to go to the conference? There will be benefits to being a member of the Green Liberal Democrats because um, this clearly is going to cost something to put on. So we are going to make a modest charge uh, and there will be discounts for Green Liberal Democrat members. But no, all, all members of the party, in fact, you can, you can join the conference as a participant uh, from outside the party as well and, and ask questions, comments and so on. So the participants, the people who pay a small fee, uh, will actually be engaged as participants with the speakers. Uh, we'll be having online polls, we'll be having debates so that people can chip in and, and interact with the speakers. Uh, for that, you will have to pay a small joining fee. Uh, but we will also be live streaming it, and um, the potential for live streaming is actually quite vast, so we could we could be going international with this, who knows? <laughs> and do you, I mean, what are some of the highlights people can expect? I'm, I'm on your website now. I see you've got Tim Farron MP and Vera Hobhouse MP uh, all doing events. It, uh, it looks we, like it's going to be an excellent actually, We actually have commitments now from more than half of our parliamentary party of MPs to come and talk to us in various aspects. Um, one, of the, one of the highlights, we haven't got the timing certain yet, but one of the highlights we hope will be a, a green hustings for the leadership candidates. Uh, in fact, the the leadership campaign, the election campaign, uh, probably doesn't really set off until I think July the 9th is when the, the um, nominations are supposed to be in. But we will nevertheless be having a hustings between those members of the party who have declared by the time our conference starts. So that's going to be, we hope, fairly early on in the process. Um, and then each of the candidates, as well as our hustings, uh, each of the candidates is going to have a, a session to themselves for about an hour. 
So it's, it's going to be both a fairly formal hustings process, but an informal one as well, where they can present their own ideas uh, at reasonable leisure. And if uh, any listeners or viewers want to join the Lib Dems, they, they can do. I think it's £2 a month and there's a, there's a discretionary rate at £1.25 as well. Um, well, we actually will be having a discounted joining fee. I won't reveal it because it's going to go on the hmm. Liberal Democrat website, we hope, this weekend. Uh, so anybody can, if they, if they go to the Green Liberal Democrat website, www.greenlibdems.org.uk um, there will be a, a page devoted to our, our green events series our festival of green events uh, and there will be indications as to how you can join the events how you can join the green liberal democrats uh, and clearly we are hoping to engage our own members in this but also we want to engage with Liberal Democrats uh, up and down the country who have yet to get involved with the Green Liberal Democrats as a, as a central organisation. And I think, I, I mean, this is from my point of view as a local party organiser as well, is actually Lib Dem members should be thinking also about what having green credentials will do to your local campaign and actually how good it might be for you to campaign. Because there'll be vast areas of the country where the Green Party is non-existent. Uh, basically, they, they, they put up one candidate in out of the all-outs in Preston last year. They are not a, a particularly powerful force in other areas as well. And actually, getting hold of that green vote might be the difference of you winning or keeping seats next year. And uh, I imagine you would echo that, Keith. I, I would indeed. I mean, the environmental vote is, is going to be, I think, fairly significant in the local elections next year. Um, our own credentials as a party have been good, we've discussed that, um, and the credentials of a lot of candidates, local election candidates, are good because they've been involved in pushing um, environmental campaigns in their own areas. So the Green Liberal Democrats has actually got an accreditation process, so if you are, if you are particularly strongly involved with environmental issues, you can be accredited as a, a GLD uh, accredited candidate and, and use our logo on your election literature uh, and it, it does make a difference I mean we, we have had uh, green candidates in previous elections green liberal democrat candidates in previous elections who have uh, majored on environmental issues and they have benefited as a result with higher higher votes now sometimes it's gotten elected sometimes it hasn't but um, I think there is a good chance for us to take advantage of people's views on environmental issues as we come out, so come out the uh, economic lockdown. And obviously, you would, I, I imagine you'd encourage everyone to keep up with the latest uh, Green Lib Dems going on by visiting your webs, not just your website, but also your Twitter feed, uh, your Instagram feed, and your Facebook page. Yes, we have all of those. And in fact, I'm not sure if we don't have two Facebook pages. <laughs> um, but certainly we we are we are very much involved with um the social media if you like um and we have people who are tweeting on our behalf we have people who are writing articles on the website uh, we have a huge archive of previous articles that you can dip into to find uh, environmental issues that um, perhaps have been dealt with before but might apply to your area uh, in a new way uh, during the local elections coming up next year. 
And because the elections are being put off from this year, we're going to have a big bunch of um, elections next year. Uh, one of the things we did during the general election as the Green Liberal Democrats was to have a series of um, presentations, if you like, of what we call green heroes. In other words, uh, prospective parliamentary candidates who have particular strong credentials in environmental issues. And we, we put one per day at least for the last month of the general election campaign on our website. Uh, they're still there if you want to go and look at them and see who of your heroes was actually a green hero as well. Um, and we are proposing to do that in the run-up, starting this year, but in the run-up to next year's local elections. Uh, we have a lot of members who are very actively involved in local election campaigns, and we want to, we want to present their green credentials as well as possible. Well, I think that's absolutely brilliant. I mean, it's been really great to have you on. I mean, like I said, it's such a strong voice within the Lib Dems and we should be proud of the green credentials within the Lib Dems and the, the Green Lib Dems lobbying and persuasive tactics is, is key to make sure we stay on top of it because like we've discussed, the green issues are becoming more prevalent, they're becoming more uh, important to voters uh, and so everything about this is going to be useful to whether you're a, a candidate, a member, or just someone who has a great interest in green issues, I would strongly recommend go onto the website, go uh, go to the conference if you can. Uh, and what else would you say they've got to do, Keith? Is there anything else you want well, to highlight? I, I just I just wanted to indicate that our membership has actually been going up exponentially over the last three years, um, which is really encouraging. It means that people are beginning to see that environmental issues are the key to us to a, a successful uh, new way of thinking and uh, you know long may it continue that's brilliant well thank you very much for your time today keith um like i said earlier if you want to catch any of these episodes going back right the way through right to the very start you can do um you can follow everything to do with the lib dem pod at, at lib dem pod on twitter instagram and facebook thank you so much everyone for listening and watching please do subscribe so you catch all the latest episodes and please do like us share us around so more people can listen and follow us in the future thank you very much for listening we'll see you next time